thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 30. When to the sessions of sweet silent thought I summon up remembrance of things past, I sigh the lack of many things I sought, and with old woes new wail my dear time's waste. Then can I drown an eye, unused to flow for precious friends hid in death's dateless night, and weep afresh love's long since cancelled woe, and moan the expense of many vanished sight? Then can I grieve at grievances foregone, and heavily from woe to woe tell o'er the sad account of four bemoaned moan, which I knew pay as if not paid before. But if the while I think on thee, dear friend, all losses are restored and sorrows end. That was Sonnet 30 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. We are still in the fair youth section of the sonnets, which goes on for many, 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 many more sonnets. I am, as always, joined by a wonderful, lovely, kind, beautiful, uh, not so young in Shakespeare's sense of young, but is, I'm still going to say, a fair youth. And and you are... Terry Hillis. Excellent. We we still have... We... Oh, dear. We, we did try to fix our connection uh, today, because we record these in fours, uh, so we did one just now, and we're going to do another two after this, um, but th- we still t- seem to have an annoying sort of second, second and a half time delay between us, so we might talk over each other, and there might be some odd pauses. I do apologise for that, but but do hang in there. Uh, what do you think of, of Sonnet 30, which which isn't the easiest sonnet to read, I have to admit? I I quite like this one, actually. I quite like all the um, how, how he's actually using legal terms, and it's almost like they are in court. And he, he just basically the, the balance sheet of life is off, basically until he at the end he uh, he adds his dear friend, and then all losses are restored and sorrows end, which I think is quite a nice image. Yes, I didn't read it like that at all. Oh, what made you go down that route? That's quite nice. I like that idea. Just, just. Just because he has all the um, the financial terms, there's um, oh, there's expense, there's sad account, there's uh, grievances, waste. there's waste. I suppose, yeah. Uh, oh, oh yeah, wait, waste. Very cool. I did not see that at all. Uh, um, yes, I like that because I'm guessing that the the sonnet at the end of it, the, the ultimate metaphor in this is is about. Uh, being in debt to someone or or owing someone something which which i pay so the end of it is the the sort of summing up of it which i which i knew pay as if not paid before but while but if the while i think on thee dear friend all losses are restored and sorrows end so just and it's following that same pattern it seems to be of of just thinking about the fair youth fixes everything in shakespeare's life um, which is is I quite like as 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 a running theme. Yeah, that 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 seems to be the uh, the solution to all these problems, which is nice but fairly weird in a way. Yeah, and I I think you've sent it you said it before, which is that it seems to fit all the sonnets so far seem to fit very well with the idea of of unrequited love, and and the way that you 
build this person up in your head so that the image of the person becomes far greater than that person can ever live up to be which makes unrequited love almost a a end in itself because you could never then approach that person because they're never going to live up to the way you've built them up in your head and I know I've had experiences of that and I imagine most people in the world have had experiences of that and if you ever then do take things further with that person it's actually quite a letdown yeah I, I can relate to that well as you say I think pretty much everyone in the world can is you, you build it up to this almost perfection and then the, the, the slightest mistake that they would do well mistake or the, the slightest character flaw that they would show to you would just completely crush all the images that you had of them in your head yes there's, there's a um a show on um, <laughs> it does link in i promise um a show that's running on channel four um at the moment i know we get some listeners who aren't in the uk um our, our channels are terrestrial channels which are ones that are free to people to watch we've probably got about 20 free channels now that just come into our tvs and one of them is is channel 4 which has been around for a long 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 time since the 80s and channel 4 has always placed itself as the the youth channel i guess um and they've always been willing to do things that the other channels wouldn't not in a sensationalist shocking kind of way but in more of a they have a sitcom slash drama it's probably a light-hearted drama called Misfits, which is based around uh, some people on community work. So not they didn't do bad things enough to go to jail, but they're now on community service, and they get superpowers, which is something that the BBC would never do because it, it's dealing with issues the BBC kind of takes a step back from. But they've got a, a documentary series on Channel 4 at the moment called The Undateables, where they follow around people who have disabilities of one type or another. And it's a very odd show to get your head around because it kind of feels a bit like disability voyeurism in a way but it's also quite interesting to see and and where it links back in with this is the parallels between what we've been talking about is that these are generally people who have a lot of trouble finding dates for whatever reason and they build up the dating world and their potential who they who they want to be with becomes this this idea in the head that no one can match up to and and it's not limited to them but that's i just think that show at the moment is quite a good example of it that they they all list oh they have to be like this and they have to be this tall and they can't be overweight and they can't be too thin and they have to have like this show and they can't do that and they have to have these hobbies and everything has to be exact and i see in the sonnet so far shakespeare's doing that maybe not making an itinerary but is very much going you solve all my problems and I think that's a very dangerous route to go down when it comes to love because being in a relationship doesn't solve all your problems it it creates some new ones (laughs) yes it does yes quite frankly Um, so I I think it's interesting I don't know if the sonnets ever deal with that or not um, because I don't really know the sonnets Uh, Jerry knows them a bit more than me but that might be spoilers I guess I'm not sure they do. I'm, I'm not sure I've ever actually read all of them. I know there's there's a, f- I mean, there's a few interesting ones still ahead. I'm not sure if it actually deals with this. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah, um, 
Yes. So I, 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 at the same time that I think these sonnets we've been reading, the last maybe six have been like this, uh, about how the fair youth will solve everything or does solve everything. Thinking of you makes everything better. I, uh, there's part of my brain that's, that's kind of going, don't go down the same road. This isn't a, a model you should be following. It's, it's a interesting look into the model, but it's not a model people should follow. That's relationship advice by Mark. Not a good idea. <laughs> Maybe that should be another it's good podcast. advice for life. <laughs> Mark teaches you how Ag- to live. Agony aunt Mark. Yeah, no, that wouldn't that wouldn't be good at all. Uh, and I think you've said it before. I'm far too pragmatic to to ever be any sort of good relationship advice because I'm like, yeah, yeah. If they want to have sex with someone else, well, yeah. If you don't mind, there's nothing wrong with it. Go for it. And and. People don't want that answer. They want, no, chug them out. Chug them out of your house. Burn all their underwear on the front lawn. That, that, is, that is very pragmatic. Yeah. I, am, I, I mean, am obviously fine. there are people who have no problem with that. But yeah, telling someone, yeah, if he wants to sleep, that's, that's totally fine. Just if, if it's fine with you. That, 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 I want to put that in there. If it's fine with you. If, if it's not really bothering you, then yeah, go for it. I don't know. I'm quite. I'm too pragmatic. Maybe it's not good. Um, the sonnet. Sorry, the sonnet. We must talk about the sonnet. Oh, so bad. Oh, I'm so bad. You. We uh, have t- been. We have been. Yeah, it all licks back. We we don't completely go off the way. Um, so what 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 parts of this were there any particular metaphors you liked in this one or anything you you didn't like? I th- I think I mainly like the extended metaphor of them having a uh, well almost a legal dispute over this balance sheet yeah Wh- whoever he's having the dispute with yes I, I yeah that, I'm guessing if, if that metaphor fails in a sense or, or doesn't go far enough to show who he's having that that interaction with I guess but as a, as a, as a metaphor for this I quite like the idea of someone's totting up what you owe it's quite a nice idea. I've always hoped that that if there ever was an afterlife, one of the things that happens is when you when you get up to the afterlife, someone comes up to you and goes, "Well, actually, over the course of your life, you ended up owing other people a hundred quid because you lent, uh, you borrowed this money, you never paid it back." I quite like that idea that at the end of your life, you're trying to be even with everyone or or have given away more than you got back. I, I quite like that idea. Never happen in real life. Well, it, it, even in non-financial terms, there's usually when well, good people die, and they know they're gonna die. You 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 try to to finish your life with them. You you, you try to conclude everything, and you, yeah. you you try to be on good terms with everyone and say goodbye and yeah, you tell them you love them or whatever you always wanted to say. Yeah, or, or maybe I've always hated you. <laughs> Why? Why did you have to come to every family gathering and do this? I hate you. Um, but yes, no, I, I agree. The the idea of telling... I and mean, I think it's quite a nice thing to do every once in a while. It's something I try to do every Christmas is kind of tally up uh, new friends, old friends, uh, let people know why I think they're important to me. I think it's an important thing to do, and I try to do it once a year. Um, and it's it's not always the same people that I'm turning to. It's generally people who I think 
need to be told something in some way it's never it's never like secrets but it's all just about letting people know how much they mean to me if that makes sense and i i quite like the idea of, of tallying on an annual basis that's what christmas is to me i guess um in terms of the sonnet christmas is a lot of food christmas is a lot of food lots of pickled onions which are yummy um my i think my favorite line in this sonnet is um i'm just gonna leave that i can see you shaking your head because i know you don't like vinegar so i i'm just gonna leave that um my my favorite line in this is the fifth line um uh then can i drown an eye and used to flow which is i'm guessing means crying i'm taking it as crying um is such a a lovely idea that your your tears drown your eye and and if they're they're unused to flow i think is a lovely idea I, I think I actually prefer the line after that for precious friends hid in death's stateless night because at first I read dateless as not not having dates okay but apparently dateless means without end really ooh okay for precious friends hid in dateless night and weep a fresh love song since cancelled woe so is that is that talking about uh, friends who are lost to you that's that's the way I understand it now. Yeah, just just to eternal death, basically. Oh, that's nice. That is very nice. I do like that. I I, I have to say I've been very fortunate in my life that I've had no friends die. Uh, the only the only experience of death I've had has been older family members, um, and I can't imagine what it would be like to lose one of my friends, uh, other than horrid and, and god awful. It's I I mean I had a friend who died last year and yeah it's it, it's crushing in a whole different way than if a I don't know a grandmother or a grandfather dies because you're not really expect I mean you don't expect twenty something year olds to die it, it's not something that well it happens obviously but it's it's not something that you you could ever be prepared for. Yeah, uh, I, I, I suppose I have experienced that slightly in the other direction. I, I got very, very ill when I was 27, which is two years ago, just slightly less than two years ago, um, and nearly got put on the transplant waiting list and stuff like that. And now talking to my friends I knew at the time and, and my family, but but everyone was preparing for the worst. And this was all happening around me without me knowing. Again, I'm I quite pragmatic mentality i was able to just go well this is part of life i just do what the doctors tell me and it, it didn't bother me that much i mean it bothered me but not i wasn't depressed by it but i didn't realize that all my friends were really quite shocked and worried and and preparing for the worst and it's quite a weird experience because yeah I, people shouldn't die that young and that's not young i mean i i count myself as quite old but i think anywhere below 55 people shouldn't die that should be illegal and, and i i hope I, I if i ever do stand for prime minister that's going to be one of my platforms <laughs> i i i have a feeling you would have trouble to enforce that law i don't think so it's all it's no no I, i'm just going to make it law lots of money in 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 medical and lots of money in education and we're, we're cure death for the under 55s that's my plan did they have that? There's a town in America where they've outlawed dying, haven't they? I vaguely <laughs> remember reading something like that. That's brilliant. Oh, I need to go live there. I'm not sure but... what the punishment would be if you were 
<laughs> imprisonment in a confined space or or burning. Those would be the two punishments. <laughs> uh, you are not going to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very bad thing to laugh at, but I think that's lovely. Um, look, let's talk a tad bit more about this sonnet and then and then we should wrap up because I don't know how long we've been talking about this sonnet now. I, I really should time these. Um, well, well, any any more bits that that you liked uh, the the switch at the end maybe or anything like that. I I quite like the switch at the end, but yeah, there's not. I mean, it's an interesting switch, but there's not much within the lines themselves that I think would give me a lot to talk about. No, I I think the dear friend is interesting because it's probably the least. Uh, compassionate we've heard Shakespeare be to the fair youth I'd say that's the least on on this off scale of the names he's called the fair youth it's the lowest one we've come across so far because I yeah, have many yeah that, that might actually I don't know if it means anything in the context or, or whether it's just there to rhyme with end but yeah <laughs> But I think it's quite interesting that the fair youth has become just a dear friend in this sonnet. Although, would would you call? I don't know. I would. I wouldn't call anyone my dear friend. I I wouldn't address them like that unless I was actually writing them a letter. I guess. But even then, I don't think I would use dear friend. No, it is a term of endearment. I I give it that. It's just I I think the mm. least endearing one that Shakespeare's used so far. Rather than being, you are so beautiful and gorgeous and you should have children. Yeah, it, it is a, a, quite a couple of steps down. But but maybe that reflects with your quite transactional view of this this sonnet, that it's it's the tallying up of... Uh, oh no, that was a different sonnet, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm mixing the sonnets together in my head. Sorry, I apologise. I I I I will leave that in to show that I'm an idiot. But no, yeah, I would. I, is this the one where he's? I mean, he he's talking about the uh, settling everything, and you're right. Okay, yes, yeah, so maybe it does it does fit with that. Possibly. Anyway, I mean, I, as you say, it is quite a uh, yeah. Yeah, a term of endearment <laughs> that I would use for a for a number of people rather than the one special person in my life. Would you like to read us out on on this one? I will. I'll I'll try to. Sonnet 30. When to the sessions of sweet silent thought I summon up remembrance of things past, I sigh the lack of many a thing I sought, and with old woes new wail my dear time's waste. Then can I drown an eye unused to flow for precious friends hid in death's stateless night, and weep afresh love's long since cancelled woe, and moan the expense of many a vanished sight. Then I can grieve at grievances foregone, and heavily from woe to woe tell o'er the sad account of forebemoaned moan, which I knew pay as if it not... Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it's always the last four lines. Almost saved myself. Where Where was I? The sad account of forebemoaned moan, which I knew pay as if not paid before. But if the while I think on thee, dear friend, all losses are restored and sorrows end. 
Excellent. That was sonnet number 30 from Shakespeare's Sonnets. Um, I've realised, I'm going to do this quickly, that, that we haven't been given out any sort of way to contact us. You can you can contact us through the website, inearentertainment.com, and there's a contact us page. Or if you want to, uh, I'm on Twitter, at Nufkin, at N-U-F-K-I-N, and I'm Mark Chatterley, and, and obviously Thierry can do his own because he knows his own. No, no, help me out. <laughs> no, I, uh, well, you, you can find me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. Such a nice Twitter name. Anyway, thank you for, for listening. Um, maybe we'll start including that in the end, but I'll find a way to make it sound less off you on then. Um, thank you for listening, everyone, and we'll see you again next time for Sonnet 31. Bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.